uh, you weren't supposed to see that. You're the weirdest brother known to man. Well, I was just about to watch TV. You want to come join me? Yeah, yeah. I guess so. I've got nothing better to do. All right, what do they have on? Fighting back, and once he looks up and oh. sees that banner, Marathon. it's going to be a battle. He's going to his arms. Avuti's going to his arms, and he's trying to close excited, the gap. Excited, but so nervous. It's so excited, but so nervous at the same time. I'm doing the triathlon next week. What? Why is that so funny? You're doing the triathlon. Are you serious? Yeah. What? What? You don't think I can do it? Um. Have you even trained for it? Yeah. Like I properly trained for it? Yeah. Well, I mean, I've been listening to the Chariots of Fire theme song. That's important mental preparation, and um, I've run occasionally from my room to the kitchen. Are you serious? That counts, right? It was nice knowing you. Oh, just how hard can it be? You like go there, you get a number put on your arm, and then like you start the race, there's a gun, you run, you finish. It's fine, like heaps of people do it. Do you know that people like quit their day jobs and run for five months straight just to train for this thing? What? No, they don't. It'd be like That's going into thing. the biggest loser but house how now. How hard can it be? <sighs> no idea. Why are you so crabby today? I'm just really freaking out about this engagement, you know? I'm getting married. Hmm. I can't say I can speak from personal experience, but I guess I kind of know what you mean. Well, what's wrong? Well, it's a big commitment, you know? Mm. One person, the rest of my life, my whole future. Hmm. Yeah. Don't worry, it'll be fine. Like, you're not having second thoughts, are you? No, no, of course not. It's just, it's a big deal, you know? Yeah. Well, have you talked to him about it? Not really. Oh, maybe you should. Look, Julia, it's going to be absolutely fine. Just as long as you trust in God, as long as you communicate with him, as long as you are committed, nothing can possibly go wrong, I promise you. When did you get so smart? Since I realized I had to train for triathlons. <laughs> All right, I'm going to go for a run. I'll see you soon. You should call him, by the way. Uh, man, I really should call him. And look for wedding dresses. Alrighty. Morning. Don't really want to sit in the middle of the spotlight, but just feel like I'm jumping on top of everyone. Just go down maybe a little bit because I'm whispering. Thanks, Rog. All right. Um, maybe if I just start talking loud, they'll sort it out. Obviously, there's a bit of a theme going on here this morning. Uh, we've got a whole heap of athletic commitment stuff, and, and Cameron, you so re remind me of myself, not really. Um, it's just full on, mate, uh, and, and other people who train and, and do stuff. Um, I actually don't think I've ever trained for anything, really. A bit more like the, um, I think I sort of relate a bit more to, uh, 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 to, to Mick Petrie here and, and Jules. It's just like, yeah, get up and have a go. So, and clearly, my achievements probably reflect that. Um, so this series, we've been talking about blurred lines. And basically, it's love, sex, love, sex and dating and all that sort of stuff. And, and it's... I guess trying to get the concept of, of the difference between, I guess, some good, solid, um, I guess, biblical principles, and biblical principles by that, I guess I mean that there's some advice that God gives us and for a reason, because He wired us up and He made us sort of how we meant to operate type thing. And, and quite often the contrast between that and what everyone else does and what, you know, what happens. Um, and... We're going to continue, and this is going to be our last, our last um, talk for this series. 
And so today what we want to, what we want to wrap this up with is, and I've got one slide up there, uh, this is what we've been talking about. Are you the kind of person, the person you are looking for is looking for? So that's been our line. So are you the type of person, the person you're looking for is looking for? Now we talked a little bit about if, you are, if you're still at high school, then the whole marriage thing is, is not going to be on your mind or you wouldn't think so or maybe it is, I don't know, but you know, maybe not seriously on your mind. Um, you know, you do have those, well, you talk to those teenage girls and present company accepted, you know, I'm not, but you know, who's like, oh yeah, he's so cute, one day, all that sort of stuff, and he doesn't even know anything about it, that sort of stuff. But, but it's about preparing, preparing for a marriage. Now, if, so if you're, if, you're, if you're a high school person and, you know, you're sort of thinking, well, that's a long way off and why would I even think about that just yet? But it's the now that can put us in good stead for the future and we're going to talk a little bit, a bit, a little bit more about that today. Or if you are somebody who's maybe engaged or something, you know, very close to that marriage mark, then this is pretty, I think, good, solid advice that the Bible gives out. Or indeed, even if you have crossed the line, you are a married person, then there's still stuff here, crossed over, committed, all that sort of stuff. Then there's still some good stuff that, you know, this can help in our, in our, in our future. It's not something that we just go, all right, now we're married, that's it but it's stuff that we can still work on and we can still, we can still grow and get better, not just because, oh yeah, you want to be good at it, because it brings fulfilment and a joy that we otherwise might miss out on. Um, so, the, yeah, so the, the main line here is, are you the kind of person that the person you are looking for is looking for? And are you, are you getting things right? Not, not, not waiting to meet that perfect person that's going to fix all your problems, but it's about how do I become that person that someone else that I want to hang out with for the rest of my life is going to go, oh, wow, that's pretty cool. So, we're going to continue that on. Today, the main focus, and I guess this is as we wrap this up, and I think we've got a slide for this one too, have we, Coxie? It's, um, it's promises are no substitute for preparation. All right, so I can, as, you know, as Mick sort of sat up here and he says, right, I'm going to run a marathon, uh, you know, you can, you can want to do that all day long but it's not going to happen. You know, you can say, you can stand up and you can stand up in a church or outdoors or wherever it is and you can, you know, you can hold the, hold the hand of your partner and, you know, they're wearing the white dress and the tuxedos or whatever it might be and you can say, I do. You can say, I do all day long but the question is, can you? So you can say, I do all day long but the question is, can you? Here's what happens. In Australia, and probably all over the world. But in Australia, every weekend, there are people who, who decide well, to get married, or he, people who do get married. And I guess the decision starts with, you know, when two people meet and, you know, there's this, obviously, this chemistry, there's this love between two people, this guy and a girl, all that sort of stuff. And, and you know, they spend time with each other and they eventually come to the place where they think, you know what, we want to do this forever. And, you know, then there's the whole pop the question thing and then there's the rings and all that sort of stuff. And that's all pretty cool, you know, that's all great. But once that... Once that, you know, will you marry me, marry me line comes out and there's yes I will type stuff, it, it triggers this whole chain of events. And for those people who are married, you're just like, you, you're going to go, yeah, that's true. For those who aren't, you, you, maybe you're looking forward to this. But, you know, as soon as, it's, as, soon as there's an idea, as soon as there's a yes I will, there's setting dates, there's sending out invitations and not just any, it's not just like a piece of scrap, piece of paper, you know, it's got to be all very perfect, it's got to be in the right envelope and the right colours and the colours are going to have to match the, you know, the, the eventual bridesmaids' dresses or something, I don't know, whatever happens there. Um, and then there's like, you know, booking 
venues and churches and, and sending out, and those by the way, those invitations, it's always like, well, who do you put on the list and probably more importantly, who do you leave off the list, uh, you know, and which, which members of your family can and can't come and if, and so then you, so there's all this stuff and then there's all the dresses and the, the things people wear and the hairs and the makeups and all, all this sort of stuff. And then, you know, then you've got the, the venue of the, uh, the reception, you know, who sits where at the reception and back to that family thing, it's like, well, I can't put so-and-so with them because they're two and if they sit with this person, then it's all, like, there's all this, it just, it's actually a, it's actually a really big, it's a really big thing, a really big event. And, and people get, you know, very stressed about it and, you know, the mother-in-law's in tears and, and there's like, there's just, there's all this stuff that happens. And well, you know, and quite often, quite often, you know, on the morning of the wedding, you know, you know the just ladies are all, you know, all stressed and they're all doing their hair and everything and, the, you know, the bride rings up the groom and, and he says, oh, hang on, love, I'm just busy, you know. That's about all that happens. They're like pretty casual about the whole deal. But there's this incredible amount of energy and effort that goes into making this one wedding day special, this one day very, very special. But quite often, and here's the rub, I guess, quite often there's not probably as much effort put into the rest of the life as there is for that one particular day. Because it, it just seems to think, people just seem to think, well, we love each other and love will get us through. And yeah, look, I'm not saying that love's not important, of course it is, but where's the, where's the preparation? And is there, is there a need to actually do something before the I do's are exchanged um, in order to prepare ourselves for, uh, for the future and for a, um, you know, for, for a really enjoyable and fulfilling future. See, every weekend people, and I'll just, this might be a little bit morbid, but, but every weekend, heaps, hundreds of people say I do when they really can't. Heaps and heaps of people actually exchange promises that they actually don't fulfil, that they actually cannot fulfil. And if you think about, it like, think about it like that, if you're a single person, you might be thinking, oh, stuff it, what's the point? Okay, no, I'm not going there, but, but heaps of people actually say I do when they can't really do it at all. Heaps of people make promises that they can't keep. They're not lying, they're not, they're not like trying to be deceptive, but they just, they just can't actually get there. They can't, they can't do what it takes. It only takes a few weeks or a few months after the wedding day and there's this sort of maybe a breakdown and, and all those little, little things that maybe the husband promised that, you know, once we get married, I'll change or, you know, the, the wife sort of said, it's going to be different once we're married and once we, you know, once we move in together and once we, you know, we'll clean up all the mess and there's not going to be any issues with the in-laws or, or whoever it might be and all these different things are going to change once, once they are married. But what happens is people often get married, begin doing their life together and, and all the joy and excitement sort of, it's still sort of there but there's, there's all these issues that come up in a marriage relationship that they just weren't prepared for. And they've still made so solid commitments and they really, really meant those solid commitments, don't get me wrong, but now there's, there's these commitments and there's all this sort of mess that's in the middle and let's be honest, if you, you think about any situation, not necessarily just marriage, but any situation, it might be work or, or, or whatever it might be, if you have a responsibility in some area that you 
struggle to fulfill, you're never content. It's a miserable life, right? So let's say if at work, you have, you know, someone's loaded you up with a whole heap of responsibility that you just feel inadequate for, you feel overwhelmed, you feel like, you know, it's just like it's all too much, it's all, you don't want to go to work, you, you, you just want to push back on all that sort of stuff because you don't feel equipped to, to, to cope with that sort of stuff or you're not skilled or you haven't been given the resources or whatever it might be. And so your life sort of becomes a bit of a misery because like, you, just, you just don't want to, you don't, you don't feel like you can complete those responsibilities. And the same can be very much so, uh, very true as well with, with marriage when you feel like, well, what do we do now? How do we get out of this? And, and marriages can become, unfortunately, a bit of a misery. Now, I don't, like I said, don't mean to be doom and gloom. And what, what I want to talk today about is some pretty solid advice that the Bible gives. And we're actually going to look at some, uh, some verses in, in, uh, in Proverbs where Solomon, the wisest guy who's ever lived, and how that might apply to, a, to this whole marriage-type scenario. I've got another slide up there. Oh, it's up there already, sorry. Yeah, promises, promises are no substitute for preparation. So what we're saying here is that no matter how much we say I do, it doesn't, it doesn't actually substitute for the fact that we need to actually prepare. Uh, and like we said, like we go back to these guys here with these long-distance runners and, and any sort of athlete and the hours and hours and hours. You know, it was a cool video, Bonnie, that you put up right at the start that, you know, for that 30 seconds or for that very short period of time where an athlete, you know, gets to shine and gets to be in the glory or, the, you know, that 100-metre sprint or, or whatever, uh, whatever activity it might be, whatever sport it might be, there are literally thousands and thousands and thousands of hours that are put in. And, and it's a bit like that too. If you see someone who actually has a really great marriage, there's quite a good chance that that person has put a lot of effort in, or those couple have put a, quite a lot of effort in, to, to actually make that work. And not just, um, you know, not just go, oh yeah, we love each other and that's what's going to get us through. The problem we have... One of the issues that we have with all this sort of stuff is that as a married person, if they, for those married people in the room, some of the stuff that I've just talked about, you, probably can, you can probably start thinking in your own experiences or in people that you know that are close to you, you can probably actually start thinking, yeah, that's, I get that, that's true, it's so true, like if we had have prepared for that or if we had have, if we had have put some effort into that, that might have been a lot better. But when you're a single person, you just, it's like you're not motivated to do that. You're not motivated really to... to to get yourself onto the right path to, to make some of those decisions. And so I guess that's a, that's a question you, or a challenge that you're going to have to challenge yourself with is that you're probably not going to be, you're probably going to be the least amount motivated as you ever will be if you're a single person right now. But it's actually probably one of the most important times right now to actually start looking at what these sort of things are. So I'm going to go to Proverbs. I'm going to go to Proverbs chapter 14. Thanks, Coxie. Uh, verse 8. Now in this verse, um, it doesn't specifically talk about marriage and all that sort of stuff but it talks about life and we can apply this directly I think to uh, to what we're talking about um, and here it says in Proverbs 14 8 it says the wisdom of the prudent is to give thought to their ways so we'll go through that a little bit just step by step the wisdom of the prudent now obviously Solomon's the wisest guy who's ever lived all that sort of stuff and he's given us some pretty pretty good advice and here he says the wisdom of the prudent now I don't know if anyone knows what a prudent person is uh, but I'll give a definition. Uh, a prudent person is someone who's acting with or showing care and thought to the future. In other words, a prudent person gets that life is connected. A prudent person understands that my past affects my present. 
that makes sense? A prudent person understands that what they do or what they did in the past is now affecting who I am and what I do and how I think and all that sort of stuff. And a prudent person not only goes there, but they realise, and we said this in our week one of this, of this series, a prudent person also realises that their present, that they're here and now, will actually become one day, will become the past, will become history. And the here and now will one day affect what you do in the future. That makes sense? So a prudent person understands that it's all connected, that, that what you do what you've done in the past will affect you right now, what you're doing right now will one day become your past and will affect what you are like in the future. And, and this is, a, I guess, a little bit of a, 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 um, an idea that what you're doing today, like I say, what you're doing today will become your future. So if you want a good future, you don't wait for the future in order to make it good. Is that, is that, is that making sense? Is that making sense? I don't know if that's making sense to you, but what you're doing today will one day be your future. So if you want a good future, you need to sort out what's happening today. Yes, we've got some nods. Excellent. So a prudent person, um, the wisdom of the prudent person is to, discern, is to discern his way. In other words, to see what's going ahead. I understand that my day today it will impact my tomorrow. All right, the next part of this verse is, but the folly of fools is deception just let you get your head around that just for a tick, but the folly of fools is deception. So, the folly or the acts of a foolish person, what a foolish person does, the acts of, the folly of a foolish, folly of fools is deception. In other words, what this is sort of saying, and if we contrast these two sentences together, because that's often how, that's often how um, Solomon wrote, he'd often say, this is what a wise guy does, this is what a fool does, this is what a wise person does, this is what a you know, an idiot does type thing. And he goes through, and so we contrast these two statements. A wise person, the wise, the prudent wise person, understands that today will affect my tomorrow. Yesterday affects my today. Whereas the folly of fools is deception. In other words, a foolish person thinks that whatever they do today doesn't matter. And they deceive themselves. The folly, what they do, what a fool does today is deceptive. They deceive themselves. Um, we're going to go to another verse, which is just a few, few verses down in 14. Uh, this is 14, verse 15. And it sort of adds to it. And it says here, The simple believes everything, but the prudent person gives thought to his steps. Now, let's think about the simple Simple, it's another word for the fool. Okay, so we're contrasting the wise person versus the guy who doesn't have much of an idea or the person who doesn't have much of an idea. The simple person believes any, everything or anything. Now, you think about this for a little while. This is where it gets a little bit interesting. We put this into the context of the whole, the whole dating type scene. Um, you think about what... You know, for married people, you think about, you know, back in your dating days, whether it's with your partner that you're currently with or with someone you dated that you thought maybe it's better off if you, if you didn't spend much time with them after all and you ditched them or they ditched you or something. But you think back, when, when you're together, what girls, I'll start with the girls, what a guy will tell you just so that he can let's say, just have what he wants from you, all right? So, so, you know, a girl may quite 
uh, I guess, or maybe fed lies just, just because a guy wants what he wants. Um, you know, we, we think, have things like um, a guy will say to, some, like, to a girl quite often that, oh, you know, once we get married, it's all going to be different, I'll change, I won't do that anymore, I'm not going to, I'll stop doing, and, and all these type of events that, or these things that often are said in order to say, no, look, it's going to be all right, we're going to stay together, it's going to be cool, it's going to be sweet, you know, let's stick, this, let's stick this out, I'll change one day, you know, when we're married, it'll be different, it'll be, you know, it's all over, I'll give up, whatever it might be that you give up, I will stop doing, I'll stop saying, I'll stop... And it's quite often all these things and the condition is that once we're married, it'll turn out. But if you look back at these verses that, that we just talked about in, that Solomon gave, that's the way of a fool. That's, that's like, well, one day I'll do that. But the wise person, Solomon says, is that if you're doing that now, that's what's going to happen in the future. What happens now, you know, and even, um, even things like money, family, all that sort of stuff, like, I'm spending money now, oh, when we get married, it's all right, I'll stop and I'll grow up and I'll be sensible. It doesn't quite work like that. Quite often, what, what you have before you're married, you drag into that marriage and it starts to affect it. And, and to start with, usually, it's all right and people, you can sort of accept that, but give it a few months, give it a year or so and all of a sudden, these things just sort of start to build up tension in the relationship and it all all goes a bit pear-shaped. So the simple, we'll just go back to that verse, so the simple believes everything, but the prudent, same word, the prudent person who understands that life is connected, that everything from start to finish is connected, but the prudent gives thought to his steps. Think about steps. The word steps, it's action, it's, it's moving along. The prudent understands and, and knows that if I want to get to here, I need to take these steps now. That if my present affects my future, then I need to presently take these steps in order to get where I want to be in the future. Not just one day wake up and say, oh, that's where I want to be. Without putting in the hard yards, without doing the training, without doing the conditioning, without doing all that sort of stuff first. The simple believe anything, but the prudent gives thoughts their steps. That next slide there, James. Promises are meaningless. The next one. It is the path that is important. So what you promise somebody is, is meaningless. And if you are in that situation where you are looking for a partner, and like I said, if you're, you know, you're high school, you're thinking, man, that's just so far away and, and not giving thought to it, but maybe you just remember a little bit of this sort of stuff or get to think about it, that promises and what people say to you are not nearly as important as what they have been doing. Someone can promise you all day long they're going to change. Someone can promise all day long that they will be faithful, that they will be... You see it, you see it quite often. You people, people who say, yeah, I'll be faithful, or, you know, something goes a bit pear-shaped, oh, I'm sorry, I'll never do that again, or when we married, that won't happen again, all that sort of stuff. It's a lie. It's a deception. And, and Solomon says it. He says it's a fool that deceives themselves. It's a deception because the path that that person is taking will tell you where they're going. And a wise person, if a wise person wants to know where they're going, they'll look back at where they've been. Or they'll look back at where the other person's been, where their partner's been. That gives the best indication, not words, not promises, but the best indication of where they're going. Now, of course, people can change. I'm not saying you can't change. I'm not saying that um, 
you know, that, that people won't change over time and all that sort of stuff. But, but if you've seen no swerving direction, no curving direction or anything like that, then you can pretty, pretty much guarantee, this is biblical, pretty much guarantee that that person is on the same course, will travel on the same direction and will continue to, um, continue to move in that way. I'm going to give um, a, couple of, a list of a couple of things uh, and I didn't come up with this list, this, this is something that I've found. Um, a, list of, a list of specific things which we can probably or potentially do, maybe some of these will make sense, maybe all of these will make life be really sort of aim straight at, you know, or, or really feel that you, you could use these things or maybe there's three or four of these things that you could use yourself. But I'm going to use a few of the, you know, put a few, put a few uh, I guess, tips, if you want to call them that, um, to, to people, particularly for people who, who are yet to go into that whole marriage scenario, into that whole thing. Now, if you're already in marriage, if you're already married, then there's stuff here that you can go, yeah, I should have done that and that's okay, maybe I could start working on that now, maybe I could start to change my direction now, maybe I could move things a little bit, maybe we could, we could shift it for the better now. So I'm not saying it's all wasted just because oh, we're already too late, rings on the finger, not at all. But let's move towards, uh, you know, creating healthier marriages and healthier, uh, healthier love relationships, um, I guess more in line with how God wanted to do it. Saying this, these things aren't, these things aren't like found in the Bible, but these are just, these are common things, I guess, that when we start thinking about them, they actually make a lot of sense. This is the application to what, what the wisdom that Solomon gave us and, the, and that what we just read uh, a few minutes ago. All right, so the first one. Address unresolved childhood issues. This is actually a fairly interesting point and it's, it's something that, um, that often is bought into a marriage scenario and, and quite often a partner will say, well, I'd love to help you with that. And that's cool, that's nice for someone to say, look, yeah, yeah, you've, things haven't been all sweet, but, you know, as a child, um, you know, we can do this together. And that's all right, except that if they're unresolved before you're married, they'll be unresolved when you're married, and it can really affect that relationship. So, if there's anything that's unresolved as a child, you probably need to actually work on it before you get married, if you want a really healthy marriage. Um, there's a guy, Les Parrott, he's a... Uh, He's a, a Christian psychologist. He wrote this. Uh, if you attempt to build intimacy, and intimacy just means marriage, not talking about sexual stuff, but if you attempt to build intimacy with another person before you've done the hard work of becoming a whole and healthy person yourself, in other words, if you try and put a marriage together before you yourself become whole and healthy, every relationship will be an attempt to complete the hole in your heart. In other words, what people do uh, in this situation is they actually look for their partner to become the hole that was missing in their, in their childhood issues. Uh, and you see that pretty regularly, like if, if a dad's been missing and, you know, the, the wife's like looking for, a, you know, more of a dad figure rather than a husband and all that sort of stuff, it all gets pretty messed up. All right, number two, make things right with your parents. Um, quite, often when, quite often when people bring in, or when people get married and things aren't quite right with their parents, uh, and you, you see this, and it can be quite comical sometimes, not really in the relationship, but the, the new husband does something just a little bit like Dad used to, and if daughter didn't get on with Dad so well, all of a sudden daughter will snap, and like, the new husband's just like, whoa, you know, where did that come from? Or vice versa. Uh, sort, out, sort, out, uh, sort out things with your parents before you actually enter into a marriage relationship. 
If you haven't done so already, and if that's where you're going, the road you're going down, think about that pretty strongly. Number three, ladies, don't make yourself a commodity. And if, um, don't dress like a commodity, don't accept being treated like a commodity. Don't accept just being treated like an object. And you see that, and it happens. Number four, this is the, this is the men's version, let's go back and listen to Simo's talk few weeks ago, right, and pornography, and, 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 and it's the same deal, it's how blokes often revert to treating people like commodities, and, and treating women like commodities, and it's just, it's, it's never going to be a healthy thing. So these are the practical things, these are the things that if you can start addressing now, before you're married, like I said, if you're already married, you can still also do a bit of this stuff and it's going to help, but before you're married particularly, if you can think about how do I address these things now, and I get myself on the right path, so that the path, the things that I do today, will create a healthy future rather than having a not so healthy present and it all gets messed up in the future. Number five, get out of debt. Um, I know numerous situations and people who, who, who go into marriage with a whole heap of debt just because they wanted a, you know, a really nice car or this or that or the whole heap of credit cards because I like those really nice dresses or the wedding. I didn't have any money to pay for it but I borrowed, you know, tens of thousands of dollars just to have this really nice day when I could never really afford, like that sort of stuff just creates an unhealthy uh, marriage relationship, break your old habits, next one, uh, again same sort of deal, what you're doing today or what you're doing in the past will affect you today and your today will affect you tomorrow, oh no I'll stop doing that once I get married, there's nothing really magical about being married. Yeah, it's nice, of course, you know, and you get to spend, you know, and do time with your partner and all that sort of stuff. But it's not going to be the thing that, that makes a big difference. All right, next one. Postpone the physical. I'm not just talking about sex, I'm talking about the whole, the whole intimacy. Um, no one, I don't think you'd ever find anyone who ever said, oh, I'm so glad that we started getting real physical really early. All right, it's usually the other way around. Like people will go, oh no, I wish we hadn't of, or I, I met this guy and I really wish we hadn't have gone that far, or whatever it might be. You know, no one ever, no one ever says, oh look, I wish we could have, you know, got it on real quick sort of stuff. That's not, that's, it's usually the other way around. It's like, oh man, I'm so embarrassed. I should never have done that with that guy and now I feel like I'm all messed, you know, entangled and I don't know how to get out of it and, or whatever it might be. It's like, it sort of makes sense, but we just don't think about it. It doesn't, like, it makes sense that what we're doing right now is going to affect... If I do that sort of thing right here, right now, it's going to get messy in the future. But we just maybe don't stop and, stop and think about that. Next one. Don't fall for the let's move in trap. It was interesting, uh, I guess this is the whole moving in together before you're married, all that sort of stuff, and you might think, yeah, Neil, you're a pastor, you're going to say that, that's what the Bible says, and yeah, it's all a bit boring or whatever. But when you, you actually look at some of the statistics, and it was interesting, I was reading a few statistics on, on marriage marriages that last when people move in together before they're married, when people just, um, yeah, when people move in. If you live with two or more people prior to being married, the chances of your first marriage working is next to zero. You think, what, how does that work? If you, um, people who move in together have a, like half as much again, um, rate of actually divorce. Like, there's a huge jump when people who have lived together compared to those who don't live together before they're married. Statistically, there's a huge jump in, in ramifications for the future. Now, 
you're not going to probably think, oh, should I move in, should I not? Hang on, wasn't Neil quoting some, you know, statistic at church one day? You're not going to go to statistics. But if you think about it now, like, you know, you, your relationship probably depends a bit more on emotions and love and all that sort of stuff. But if you think about it now and you think about, you know, I'm going to make these choices right here, right now because I want to live a life that, that's going to be holistic and, and try and avoid that path uh, of, of, of pain. Okay, the last one. Do things that you would like your future partner to do. And what I mean by this, I guess, is you imagine this for a while. If you, if you are looking to meet somebody special, um, where are you going to find that person? And I, I have, I've, I've talked to numerous people who, who have gone looking for people or gone looking for a partner in places where they don't really want to go themselves. And if you want to go to, a, I know I'm not going to make any judgment on this, but if you go looking for a partner at a nightclub, then you're probably going to get a partner for a night. You know what I'm saying? Whereas if you go and you're in healthy environments, you're, you want to go and do great things, let's say you go and go on a, you know, look for people in a service environment, go and do, thing, go and do great things, then it's going to attract other great people. I guess that's what I'm trying to say. So do the things that you think you would love your future partner do and there's a good, there's a good chance that he's, or she, he or she is going to already be there. Just a couple of little points, I guess. Like I said, some of these you might really um, connect with, other of these you might just think, oh, whatever. But the fact is, and we come back to that one point where what you do today is, gonna, is going to affect your tomorrow. The prudent person, the person who gets that life is connected, understands that history affects today and today will become history one day and that will affect your tomorrow and if we can start getting this right then we're going to have much better tomorrows let's pray together heavenly father i want to thank you so much um there's a whole heap more on this sort of stuff that you've given in the bible and this is just this is just touching on it i guess just a little bit but i pray that we can uh, be that person that the person we're looking for is looking for uh, and even if we're married i pray that we can become maybe even more that type of person um, for our partners and for the, the health of our marriage. And if we aren't married, then I can pray that we can really take that on board. And even if we're not looking for love, even if we're not in that space yet, I pray that um, just even in our own friendships amongst our own friends and, and stuff, that we can actually, um, I guess, put in and make that happen rather than always trying to make life about us. So thank you so very much for your guidelines. Thank you that you um, have these, these sort of bits of advice in the Bible for us and, and that we can really make a genuine impact in our lives uh, on, a, on a real daily level and a personal level. Thank you, Jesus. Amen.